Hello and welcome to the Nirvana Strength Practitioners Panel Podcast, where we explore the idea of human performance optimization. Uh, my name is Ian McLeod, the co-founder of Nirvana Strength, and on today's episode, we'll be joined by a man with high levels of expertise in the movement, mobility, and Jack Russo method. Yeah, Jay <laughs> Russo for short. Jay Russo for short. Joachim Hilderson. And, uh, and today, we're going to be recording again uh, one of the most re- recommended and naturally elegant accommodations in the Changu area of Bali, the, the Haven Suites Bali Barawa Hotel, which is located in a prime area of Changu, set on a sandy beach, woo, uh, along mm. the Indiana Ocean. Is it the Indian Ocean? I think so, maybe. Uh, this upmarket all-suite hotel surrounded by palm trees is four kilometers from Echo Beach, or ten steps from Barawa Beach, which I think is really, it's probably closer. Uh, most important thing is to enjoy an epic holiday in Bali at the Haven Suites Barawa. Okay, so uh, today's topic we will be centered on mobility and its place in our lives and training with longevity in mind. So, Yohim, yeah. yes. Um, when up? you think about mobility, uh, what? How would you explain mobility training to to most people? Well, actually, actually, let's start off with uh, people getting to know you a little better. So yeah. maybe a little bit of bio background yourself. Yeah, I'll uh, try to make it short. Um, I've done. I've always been interested in sports. Did a lot of things. Did skateboarding, um, just whatever was around. And at the age of fourteen, I started to do bodybuilding. Was pretty serious about it. Were you um, big? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was super skinny, and like that was always like. The thing that bothered me as a kid growing up and uh, went to the gym to so my first gym in Belgium it's, it's, the only thing you do is, uh, is fitness bodybuilding. slash bodybuilding okay. yeah there's nothing else so yeah everything I do I get kind of obsessed with and uh, I did it for about 10 years yeah uh, 14 to 24 something like that and you competed no I didn't they wanted me in the gym because we were a hardcore bodybuilder gym and uh, a lot of people competed mm-hmm. a lot of champions from that gym as well um, but I didn't never compete like it didn't appeal to me mm. um, but yeah that was all I did started working stopped sports got a little bit fucked up just by work stress all that stuff yeah gotten back into sports because you know that kind of was all I knew and I didn't like the work I was doing but um, became a personal trainer with the only background in bodybuilding I had but then it's um, started switching pretty fast you know I had different uh, influences back then and um, started working out differently doing a little bit of functional training all that stuff kettlebells and so what was what was like the the big shift like was it a a a mentor or yeah the big shift was uh, i came right then when i was like uh, one year into personal training or whatever um just the installation of um instagram on my phone because i installed instagram and all of a sudden i saw all these profiles of gymnasts doing crazy stuff and and like demonstrating a lot of strength and flexibility and then i thought oh fuck this is nice like i want to do something like that it seems appealing to me because i was sick of the bodybuilding and all that stuff i I had it so do you think if you didn't see that on instagram you would have just kept doing the the bodybuilding thing uh no 
back then I was more into like a little bit of functional training and weightlifting in a, in a different style than just your classic pumping up your muscles. Mm. So I'd probably be doing that, I, I guess, yeah. Mm. But then uh, got yeah got greatly influenced by gymnastic strength style training, which um, increased my interest for flexibility training. And then I thought, all right, why not try and get flexible? And then totally underestimated the hard work it takes and uh, yeah. how to go about it because there wasn't really good information out there. There probably was if you paid for it, but in the beginning I was pretty broke, so. Um, yeah, I would say most, most of the stuff out there, though, is very focused on the bodybuilding industry. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. It's not uh, the gymnastic training, training, calisthenics stuff, mobility, even that is still relatively new to the grand scheme of, like, how modern training is. Yeah. Even though it's probably been around a lot longer. Mm. It's been around a long time, man. But, yeah, whatever you look for on YouTube, and it probably has changed now, like, with... The popularity of it but back then the only thing you found was like Kelly Storette CrossFit style uh, mobility what mm. stretching and all that stuff and uh, looking back to it now I tried a lot of that stuff looking back to it now that might have not been the ideal way to start but I it taught me some things but yeah. it's a pretty passive approach you but know? that's a thing when most people think about mobility they see okay so someone like Kelly Starrett from the States who's mm. you know seen as like the big the go-to mobility guy in the CrossFit uh, arena. Yeah. How would you say that your approach is different than theirs? And maybe how would you say that maybe what are some, you know, false ways of, of increasing mobility? Yeah, if, uh, false. I don't know if it, anything is false, but I see it working more for people that are already flexible. Um, the stuff he does is... It's pretty passive approach and mobility training from what I understanding is about teaching the body something so the body really understands so yeah. focusing on the lengthening side and especially on the shortening side so you get the body going and to understand what you're trying to do and that is not the case in like I had the book as well supple leopard I, I don't want to bash on anything but like uh, bash away man <laughs> um, <laughs> It basically it basically says, yank on your joint in this direction, yank on it in that direction, and hope your body opens up and your groin opens up without even thinking about, huh, I might need some serious glute strength to open up my groin, you know, and, and yeah. some, yeah, so that was a lot of wasted time, I think, you know, trying all these things and uh, just not working for me. And I guess for a lot of people that start out it's this mobility journey, because I was pretty fucked up, and 10 years of bodybuilding will ruin your joint capsules, ruin everything. So yeah. um, if you're starting from the ground up, that method will probably not get you the best results. Um, so the greatest difference in my approach, uh, the approach that I follow is um, we focus a lot on the shortening side and mm. strength train that. So basically, all it is is strength training your available end ranges. Yeah. Focusing a lot on the shortening side uh, to overcome the stretch reflex passively, uh, actively. Sorry. Mm. Um, and you don't see a lot of people like yoga or the mobility ward people doing that in that way. So I mean, when we think about mobility, it's the 
for for yourself and I see Devin and, and the other guys at uh, at Nirvana training, it's a lot of uh, active engagement. Yeah, while, it's a lot of strength. While, yeah, while working on the flexibility yeah. component. So it's that nice combination of the two where I do find, let's say the Kelly Star um, style or we think about what's happening in yoga, there tends to be a lot of like passive stretching. Yeah, sit um, here for five of, minutes and hope it works. Like, yeah. it does something, but is not the best way of teaching your body something and you don't create a lot of strength in it as well so getting stronger as well as flexible at the same time is a big plus yeah because every bit of range that you open you strengthen and and you're comfortable in it you know so what what are some you know weaknesses or what are some problems with opening up the joints and increasing your flexibility without the ability to get that active engagement mm. Well, it has less benefits, I would say. Yoga is a great way of opening the body. It has shown, well, a great way. It has shown to make people flexible over the long term. There's a lot of super flexible yogis. Mm. Um, but, for example, in my workshops, the yogis are perfect splits. Really nice bands, like, but not strong. They cannot hold it actively. They can't um, move their body actively um, and that is a big problem they can get into the positions through gravity and through external force yeah but they can't do it themselves a lot of the times and that's a benefit like I have nothing against passive flexibility because the two go hand in hand but you're losing a lot of benefits um, that will show in, in, in different sports for example if you can control your body yeah. You can see how that has a lot of carryover into all different uh, sports. Uh, so that's the biggest flaw, I think, in, in, in just a passive way of training stuff. You get good at the positions, but right. you can't control yourself, so it has no carryover. Yeah, so it seems like, yeah, you could... It's, it's fine and dandy to work on your flexibility when you're in the comfort of your own house or room. Yeah, if you're practicing for that one pose or something. Yeah, but if you actually try to apply it in a, um, in a sport or... Yeah, you're, there's really you're not much fail. application, yeah. Yeah. So once we get stronger in our ranges, like more active range, more strong range is more movement potential. So that has carryover into every sport you do. It also is a good way of mitigating injury as though you can never really bulletproof the body you're gonna get injured if you practice high level sports but it's a good way of mitigating injury like a good um, hip internal and external rotation you can see how that will probably save your knees in sports yeah. where you switch directions really fast and get a little bit of a no shit moment and kind of torque your knee a bit but the range of your hip will kind of so have you ever you had kind of one of those moments where you did you ever have any big injuries that kind of um, changed your philosophy and the way you trained or man i had a lot of injuries um it started in my bodybuilding days just not knowing what i was doing um and not knowing my body um we find this quite normal especially with the younger generation right it's just kind of more about size 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 yeah. pump on the iron yeah, that was all I cared about. Just get bigger, get huge, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that led, led to a couple of injuries for sure. And even when I started like the more functional training and gymnastic strength training, I, in the beginning I didn't know what I was doing. So I had my fair share of injuries. Um, but every which one of them kind of 
teaches you something if you're smart about it and yeah. you know how to deal with your body way better in the long term um, so yeah in the beginning as somebody who was practicing gymnastic strength I wanted to get strong so the same uh, mindset kind of yeah. was there still but then through some injuries I kind of got into more and more flexibility training and, and range strength training because I saw the value in it and um, yeah that's how I got on this path actually and we do see it I think I mean both of us and all of us like work in the fitness industry it's like with regards to flexibility mobility that people tend to shift their training focus from pure strength to those um, after surf suffering uh, after having some kind of injury yeah, 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 yeah. and something that wakes them up to be like shit I need to work on yeah you know these other probably, components yeah. of, of life so when someone is like you know where where would be a good place for people to start you know like you said maybe there's some more passive uh, styles out there that might be good to avoid and maybe yeah well a good place to start is to look up a coach because there's not anybody really out there who's giving heaps of free content that would kind of make you understand how to program how to deal with certain things how to get in and out of positions so where to start isometrics and then evolve sure. into different things so so then when if we were looking for a coach then what do what things are you looking for in that coach to actually be someone that you would want to work with mm. I look for people that have gone through a lot and that have tested a lot on themselves mm. so they can explain their pitfalls onto you. That's why I was working with BodyFlex for the last um, eight, nine months because he's a dude, that German guy, um, started his mobility training in his 40s, I mm. think, and got super fucking flex flexible. If you look at his Instagram, it's really impressive. Yeah. So and that's just what at Bodyflex. Yeah, his his Instagram name is Bodyflex. His okay. name is Andre, but yeah. I I don't know what his last name is. He offers online coaching. He's from Germany, and um, yeah, that is something I look for in a coach. Something that has a, a level that is higher than mine, mm. and who has done it. Um, yeah, who has done a lot of the progressions on himself, and right. yeah, he gets good results. So learn a lot from that guy um so yeah that's the most important thing i'm looking for people that are actually doing you. what yeah. they're trying to yeah practice what you preach kind yeah. of thing you know yeah um then again there's a couple hours i i started with frc mm. that was the first thing because it's pretty well known uh, is it a good a program to, to study or learn um yeah it gives you a good leeway into how to address mobility training it was the first thing i followed two years back now the first course i followed that kind of gives you an overview into okay this is step one this is step two this is step three if you're thinking about your joints you're going uh, joint capsule first and one joint then multi-joint like it, it has no right reasoning behind it right um i don't use it too much anymore i use some parts of it just because I have found the Andrean strength way uh, to be a little bit more flexible uh, more effective yeah like um, the work from body flex and Emmett Lewis uh, those two in particular so yeah it has a lot of similarities 
FRC is really good if you don't have gym equipment available. Yeah. If you're just working with your own body, that's for me personally. Um, you always have something to go to, always. And that is very valuable to me. So I'm pretty happy that I have gone through it. Yeah. But if you're in a gym se uh, setting, you're probably better off, in my experience, with uh, just strength training your joints and make it loaded starting from isometric strength and evolving into concentric eccentric efforts um yeah load really the, the body really responds pretty well to load so when you're but i mean a lot of mobility stuff you're you're dealing mostly with the the joints right and you're dealing with the ligaments and the tendons and mm. how does in this kind of like day and age where people are wanting to make progress really fast yeah mobility is i mean are you going to make that same kind of fast progress man like there's a lot of people starting out there or trying to start that have unrealistic goals like everything's going to take time especially if your body's been unflexible for a long time i started at age 29 yeah. after doing jack shit actually so that's good man because i mean now you're doing all these crazy stuff you know, yeah like it's starting to get there and yeah some crazy stuff yeah man. that's after three years of hard practice you know and and it's only scratching the surface i think i think there's a lot of weaknesses in my body still mm. um but i know now how to address them so that's uh that's fair i'm pretty comfortable right now um yeah what was i saying again um I forgot what we were talking about. Anyways, mobility, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so if we're going into the the practice of mobility, um, you know, we're wanting to, I mean, part of it would have to be going into mindset, right? Like if we want yeah. to do it for longevity purposes. So how would you incorporate mobility into the normal everyday practice or like should someone just be like completely forget all the other stuff they do no and never mobility or never uh, i don't think one should completely forget the things they're doing especially if they love the things they're doing we just need to find the time to incorporate mobility work and the stuff that i'm teaching right now um is kind of it is you can go very deep in it and you can spend a whole lot of time in it but a lot of a very good way of dealing with your body is setting priorities and if you've got your list of priorities you can just tick off boxes one by one so it's pretty time efficient if you set a good priority list and then just start from the basics work mm -hmm. one thing at a time and before you know it you've got uh, a good body a good strong healthy body you know yeah I kind of remember what we were talking about. Uh, a lot of people with unrealistic expectations. Yeah. That was it. Fast goals, right? Yeah, a lot of people think in the first three months training with me, they're going to get flexible or their splits or whatever. And that's just never the case. Um, Emmett Lewis has a good um, scale to look, about, to look on things. And what he says in his seminars is, if you want to get from flexible, from inflexible to flexible, it's gonna take you roughly 18 months on a good program. Yeah. If you want to get from flexible to really damn, pretty damn flexible, like nicely, it's another 18 months. Yeah. And from there to contortion, it's another 18 months. Wow. So if you look at it from those kind of perspectives, yeah. 
uh, like never really disappoint five years, yeah. Yeah, and that's if you look at it from that way. So on that on that sc- those scales of flexibility, is it is it also strength in those positions, or is it just pure? Yeah, flexibility? man, it's it's all strength. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said in the beginning, strength training or end range is to overcome the stretch reflex actively. Mm-hmm. So all we're doing is driving force into uh, objects. For uh, for those of them that might know, can you uh, explain the the stretch reflex idea? Yeah, so it's usually it's about the brain, right? Flexibility is not long muscles or anything. It's if you move into a position and you it, there's no strength, your brain's not gonna trust yourself. Right. And it's gonna stop you from doing from going further to not hurt yourself. Response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for so safe reasons, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's all the nervous system controlling everything. If I want to str- open my legs and I get the stretch reflex, my legs go no further. It's just brain says no further. I don't know this. I don't trust you. Mm. You know. So mobility training is all about creating trust, and that's why um, the active way of doing things is pretty all right because you fire your joint in the shortening side making it stronger if it gets stronger you get more flexible because there's more trust going on Mm. there i can exert force here perfect let's go further and then so at the core of it mobility is essentially just building trust with your your mind and your and your body yeah 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 let the nervous system relax in positions Mm. you know and that's strength training is the best way of just doing that yeah do you do you incorporate any passive yeah for sure i start off pretty active because there's only so much you can do right in the beginning let's say we're working hip rotation we're gonna do a lot of active strength work to get there that also means that you're gonna be really sore or your body's really gonna be fatigued Mm. so you need rest just like strength training so you only tackle certain areas one two maybe three times per week but never more yeah you let it rest and then you do it again so train recover repeat but then you want to create also trust and relaxation in positions yeah so that's when we start to incorporate the passive stretches once things start start opening up a little bit start feeling better that's the point where i go about and just sit in the positions and yeah try to so, relax there to really own it you know so passive stretching and active stretching go hand in hand but if you want to open up a body first thing you're doing is going for the active strength work let it recover and eventually when you are nearing better uh, alignment or uh, deeper positions you start relaxing in it you know so then what would be the difference between hiring, like, let's say, a coach that specializes in, in mobility work mm. versus working with a, with a physiotherapist? Like, oh, there's a lot of overlap for sure, man. Yeah. I think physiotherapists are a little bit more specialized in everything that is very local and the naming and they work with needles, can do dry needling, can do massaging, all that stuff. Um, but a good physio will probably recommend a couple of the same drills that I will recommend for you. Mm. But I don't deal necessarily with big injuries. That's not my level of expertise. I can have an opinion on it and not share it, but I'm more um, comfortable if my 
people go to a good physio uh, together with my uh, so when it's injury programs. specific yeah injury specific um, yeah because they, they're always gonna know more about the injuries what I think about I think about areas of the body. I don't think about this muscle or that muscle, right. uh, these individual, this and that. My anatomy isn't even all that great. I think about areas. How do I get this to fire? Because you don't really need a whole lot of anatomy to know how a shoulder opens up, you know? Right. So I'm thinking about this area of tissue here. Yeah. I'm going to let it work. Mm. And if it works, if it gets stronger, it'll get more range, mm. you know? So, yeah, that's a little bit of the difference. Like, I go to physio, like, I need a good physio back in Belgium, especially if I have pushed myself a little too far or whatever. That can happen. I'm an excited, uh, I get excited sometimes, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's hard to pace yourself sometimes. So, then he knows how to treat it, how to needle me, how to kind of adjust the finer things, yeah. let's say, but working with a healthy body, like, something a good mobility coach can do right. and uh, so what would be i mean do you incorporate things like uh like smashing and foam rolling and, yeah and uh yeah i'm a big fan of of the release work actually um i, I know there are some physios that say that it, d it doesn't really serve any purpose yeah. it's just kind of like yeah i think also the science is like uh not 100 percent there what yeah. is it exactly what does it do exactly um we'll probably know as time goes on but I know it works um, I've got a good example here some people need it other people don't that, that's the weird stuff I talk to physios about it some people just not seem to need it ever yeah and other people get locked up and they need to they need to roll it out or uh, use precision tools for it um, what I do is I've got my little shoe brush I I I, put, I have it, it on my Instagram fancy, sometimes. Yeah, it's just like a little tiny shoe yeah, brush. Yeah, tiny shoe brush. And I found through experimenting with it that it creates great results. Like, even like uh, dry needling, mm. you get the same reactions from the muscles as when you're needling yourself or when a physio is needling you. So I use that. I've got the fancy tools as well. I spent some money, but... I always return back to the shoe brush because it works really well. Is it and is the tool brush? Is it because mainly it's just small and thin enough to the get into the shape is fire? really yeah. good. Yeah, it, it's a little bit pointy, but not too pointy, so it's not sharp, mm. and you can get really into specialized uh, areas and uh, and work yourself. I have learned how to do it through working my, with my physios. And um, seeing them work on me, I've picked up a lot of uh, from them uh, that way. And a good example is I had an injury good year back, which mm. prevented me from radial uh, deviations from the left wrist. So that means my left wrist could not laterally flex anymore, like mm. nothing, zero degrees, right? Uh, it's one of those things that takes a long time to heal. Once it was healed, I still didn't have any radial deviation, mm. nothing, even though the pain was go gone. Then one day I was working on my biceps because I know I have some, some troubles there with my shoe brush. Yeah. And all of a sudden I felt the connection between my bicep and my thumb. Mm. 
and I started working on there and from that day on I had my radial deviation again in my oh, wrist shit. all the degrees were back wow. just by releasing those areas so for me it kind of is one of those things that keeps me healthy because I know if I don't do any soft tissue work I'm gonna be visiting my physio way off way more mm. often you know so do you is that something you do every day you kind of like scan your um, body with your shoe brush <laughs> I do it at least every other day yeah and I, yeah, I've been working with my body for so long now, and I kind of know what my weaknesses are, where I need some work, especially those areas that are a little bit injured at times. Mm. They need a lot of work upstream or downstream. And if you find the right spots, like you learn how to do it. If you, it's been a focus of mine for a couple of years already. Um, I actually did a, a workshop about it as well because I, I felt the benefits of it. And um, so I got to know my body pretty well, and uh, it's hard to explain to people the, the the release work, and it's hard to do on others. But yeah. if you practice, you get really good results with it on your own. I feel like. So with, I mean, I mean, let's say you did basically a, an entire mobility workshop on how to use a shoe brush. Um, <laughs> I could probably fill some uh, some hours. Yeah. <laughs> so then, but like. W- where does like some of these other kind of uh, mobility programs that are out there like where do you feel like they go wrong in trying to explain uh, movements and explain um yeah mobility well work i don't think i don't work? see it as mo- mobility work soft tissue work it's just um dealing with overly dense areas i don't know if i'm bastardizing it but i get areas of the body that get so much neural drive or something you know they, they're just so locked up and then Putting the pressure on it relaxes the nervous system, and that kind of is a great way of dealing with um, inflammation. For example, mm. if my knee is inflamed, and I go the right way with soft tissue work on my medialis, rectus fem, um, I'm clearing the I'm cle- clearing it up in a couple of days without a problem. And usually, in the past, I would have gone to a, a physio for that. Yeah. So I don't really see that as mobility training. Um, yeah. So the, the myofascial release stuff, the soft tissue work that has, you seen that it helps you benefit with like inflammation issues. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. I see it more as, um, preventing joints to get inflamed Mm. working stuff. If I know I work very heavily on hip external rotation, some of it will go to my calf calves and that will get you a little bit of knee troubles so if you know how to massage your calves well you have no problem you can just keep going on you know Um, but if I don't address it after a workout here and there I would get in the long run I would get an inflamed uh, part of the knee or something is there a a really basic uh, tool or exercise that you would do for your calves with regards to soft tissue work or massaging it out? Oh man, I just followed the line of my peroneals. I got that from my physio back at home, which is just the side of the calf. You can just localize the little bone on the lateral part of the knee and track it down with your fingers and then apply gentle pressure in there. And the shoe brush is actually perfect for that. (laughs) And that gets that overly tense peroneal to relax yeah. and uh, the stress uh, towards the knee gets uh, it just is it's gone afterwards man mm. so those things are so valuable but it's hard to 
I don't teach it in my workshops or anything like that. Um, most of my online clients are also not really doing that unless they have a really specific problem and I help them mm. with it. Um, most is just the under strength work that uh, seems to have good results. The, for myself, I train a lot of hours in a day. I'm a personal trainer, I'm a teacher, I do only this, you know? Mm. So if you train three, four, sometimes five hours in a day, your body get ta gets taxed, man. So I think for me, it's, it's even more important than for my clients because they're doing their regular jobs and other things. I don't have many people who train the same amount of hours I do. Yeah. So it's a bit more safe for them to kind of just do their work pretty precise and get the results without them having to need to revert to tools like soft tissue and stuff yeah so how what do you think is the best way i mean before or even getting across to somebody who's maybe not yet hurt but are showing symptoms that could more than likely lead to a bigger injury like how do you get across to these people that they need to get working on it's mobility? Hard, it's pretty hard usually if you if you've got some insight and you want to share it with somebody people are stubborn man they want to kind of make the error themselves a lot of the times and yeah. then once it's there they come to you you know so i don't really bother i, I can share my opinion but uh, a lot of times people want to make their own mistakes and um yeah not everybody of course but a lot of times when you mention something they're like yeah well i'm fine this or that and then yeah if they do get injured or whatever they come to you for some advice you know uh uh, other people are pretty helpful uh, thankful if you just hey I've been here you know this and this could happen you can maybe address it this way yeah. some people listen but most of them want to make their own mistakes so you know so I guess there are some I mean of course there's a lot of uh, argument with regards to like how much you know CrossFit has done like beneficial been beneficial to the fitness industry getting more people involved in community becoming, yeah, yeah community good. fitness and stuff but then yeah. also you know um that you hear stories of physios oh, like yeah. setting up shop right next to yeah, a crossfit just gym because exactly. they know they're going to get massive uh yeah exactly what is clients. the case in belgium is my physio is located right next to a crossfit box yeah so he gets all of them man he gets a lot of work done you know yeah. because it's just your regular Joe's trying to do Olympic lifting, which requires a whole lot of joint mobility. And there's 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 joint prep, but there's no real mobility work, you know? Yeah. Because how else are you gonna program? It's not that easy. People are lacking time. They only have that one hour or an hour and a half to do their CrossFit workout, get the circuit done, you know? So if they're gonna spend an hour doing targeted mobility work, which they need probably, you know, you get a yeah we should get a group fit however group fitness and mobility is also hard because you need an individualized approach yeah um so it's pretty hard dealing with that um yeah people just need to realize a little bit what the actual benefits uh, of mobility are uh, also towards aging man you mm. age so, so much better a lot of times you hear people say i'm 50 years old i can't do that anymore yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I used to be flexible, now I'm not. Like, how many times have you stretched in the past week? Or, or right. It's you know, funny how people are haven't. just kind of like, almost with the idea is like, all of a sudden they just like, they lose everything. And it's, yeah. 
it's, it's and it's normal but it's not normal i know people that are pretty old or really old and they still do splits and all that yeah. stuff because they maintained it you know I mean, they we keep got, the practice a lot we got one guy at the gym i mean paulo he's uh yeah he's I see almost him 60 yeah and man he's got basically his full middle splits he's, he's got good hips man. got press handstands got, yeah man he's yeah and that's all about just maintaining man yeah or just at any age you can start and you can build up your body again it the later you start in life the longer it takes you the the tough one i i do hear from a lot of people too is like sometimes people will be like oh i'm 50 years old and i can't do it anymore and their their thinking is basically that they're like a lost cause right like there's no ability to even improve on their situation yeah there's a lot of resistance and even though if you tell them like it's really possible yeah. you kind of get uh, yeah they don't agree with that mm. just because they might not want to believe you know they mm. it's a lot of work and I don't know if I'm up for that work you know it's yeah. the same in, in, di- in dietitians and uh, nutrition you know it's the same in a lot of fields uh, you have to believe in it, but I see like I train a little mobility class in Belgium. I've got They're mostly older. So 50 60 They're improving man. Mm-hmm. It's only one hour a week hip extension goes Man, they yeah. they improve so much. They're hanging for a minute right now like each and every one of them The oldest one is 67. She yeah. hangs a full minute without wow. a problem like the body adjusts like it took him 20 weeks to get some serious results yeah the first little bit of serious results that was really noticeable yeah and then it just keeps going you know because they always rock up tuesday at 7 30 you know yeah i mean it's 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 amazing even what one once a week will do for you uh we yeah. have one client that uh my business partner and i are working with uh once a week he's 85 mm and uh man he's only been going for now 16 weeks yeah but in that 16 weeks once a week like yeah. he's massively stronger yeah there um, you go and very noticeably stronger much more mobile yeah can perform movements that he used to yeah. not even be able to get into the correct position but yeah. now he can get into like almost full range of movement yeah and he's 85 yeah and that's what happens when they come to somebody like yourself or a gym setting like yours or a practitioner like me we kind of know how to prioritize things yeah and what to work on and if it's one hour a week you don't want to make it interesting for them and switch it up every week you want to give them a lot of uh, stimulus that's pretty much the same over and over so they get that result and mm. if you if you stimulate them that way one hour a week is great man they it'll go faster if they train more sure you can tackle more areas more priorities but like you can't do it and it's only one hour of your what's it uh there's a lot of hours in one week yeah so so do you do you focus much on the on like nutrition with regards to how it affects you with regards your inflammation yeah yeah big time um i used to not care about it really because you know i am a personal trainer i do work out three four five hours a day so i don't need it to have a low fat body fat percentage yeah but looks like i was eating tons of crap actually and uh, a lot of sugar which would keep my joints inflamed and mm. thankfully i met 
um, Dom, Dom Rapson last year, yeah. goes by origins.nutrition on Instagram. And he started talking to me because I have an autoimmune disease. I was on medication for that for two years. Yeah. Basically, my body rejects my big and large intestine. And okay. it's just destroying it from yeah. the inside out. Um, plus, I had way more inflammation. Like, I had chronic t- tennis and uh, golfer's elbow that mm. didn't go away. So he started talking to me. He said, like, I know how to fix your problems. Like, you don't have to believe me, but it's... It's pretty easy. I think two months and we're good. Yeah. And I, I just said to him, let's try it out. Like, I have nothing to lose, you know. I'm yeah. always willing to try stuff out. If they yeah. don't work, they don't work. But you've learned from it, right? I think that alone right there, I mean, I mean, I always say if most people even just took that approach, that mentality towards training or towards nutrition, yeah. where they were just like, well, there's nothing... It couldn't can't get any worse. At least let me try and see if yeah. it works. Yeah, yeah. Once the results are there, you get psyched anyways. You keep going. Yeah. So, the, two months later, I stopped taking my uh, autoimmune disease medication. I haven't taken it uh, since. It's nine months further now. Wow. Um, also, tennis and golfers elbow went away. So nutrition is definitely a big factor yeah. in keeping the body free of inflammation and autoimmune disease. Disease in my case. Mm. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't make that mistake uh, again. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, with the uh, I mean, with regard to your training, like, what are your goals now? Like, what are you looking to improve on? Yeah. So, I've got. For myself, I'm pretty hard on myself. I've opened up some areas of my body pretty well, but I feel like I've got a lot of um, restrictions still. So I'm I'm continuously trying to improve my mobility game yeah. as a first priority. Is there an end goal, or is it just never ending? Uh, it's probably never ending. You know, it's pr- there's always something. Yeah. Know? But I focus a lot on the basics, and the the older I get, the more I revert back to a lot of the basics and just because they're so damn good it's mm. a solid foundation is, is pretty important so I'm just gonna keep grinding my way towards really nice splits better head to toe good shoulders for handstands like I'm a mobility coach so I should be able to demonstrate everything really well and there's some things that I need somebody else for right and I don't like that, you know. I want to yeah. do it all myself. I've got a lot of people that I coach that are fl- more flexible than me. Um, but so I, I want to close a, that gap and get strong and flex for sure. I think you're going, you know, reverting back to the the idea of like how to choose a coach to work with mm-hmm. and someone. I mean, you obviously. I mean, you see it through um, your Instagram and everything you do at the gym, and like you have. I mean, I see so many people who are like consider themselves as mobility coaches, and they just like they their actual mobility is just horrible. Mm. Um, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts of like coaches that are like that, where they just yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of people calling themselves a lot of things. Um, um, there's the guys that are extremely extremely flexible. But have been so from a young age and cannot relate to anybody who starts at age 30 for example and that doesn't make him a good coach it's just they have done it a completely different way if you train a child or you train an adult so different yeah so there's those guys for sure 
uh, for sure. So that even choosing a coach that, uh, like most adults, maybe started later in their lives mm. might be another. Yeah, that might be a good idea. And somebody, like for example, what I offer, what maybe one of the values of my coaching and my teachings is, is I, I just go through all of it, man. I yeah. test out everything day in day out. I'm training. I'm testing. I'm feeling out. Uh, how it should feel, what it does to my body, how my body reacts, how much yeah. recovery I need, how much volume it needs. I'm testing it out day in, day out because it keeps me up at night, you know? So mm. I'm practicing all day. So that's, I, I try to find coaches like that as well. So do you think it's, is it hard for coaches, like let's say if a coach has been like coaching high level, you know, kids for mm. their whole career and then trying to, create a program or trying to relate the program to adults it's gonna be different is i it's don't think they're hard, gonna I have mean, a good feel about it there's probably people who understand it pretty well but if you've been doing that your whole life and then you're trying to go for the only the only thing you can refer back to is the kids you have trained and the, the gymnast kid kids yeah. at that so you're you're not gonna have a good feel with the regular adult i think yeah. mm. I think in probably even more so if your only experiences with kids at a high level plus yourself and your own physical abilities are very limited. Yeah, and de- mean, or declining, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's a good way. Um, that's a, Yeah, they should probably stick to the kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's a, that's, I think it's hard for some coaches to kind of, you know, stick to their lane, right? Like... Mm. Um, know what they like know what they know and really own up to that but also understand that they don't theoretically have the answer for everything yeah you know, like true. there's a lot of coaches that they get like a pt cert and they want to feel like they have yeah. to know everything yeah um i think that's a big mistake um there's definitely a lot of things that i don't know and if i get questions i will just say i do not know and maybe refer to someone else or you know, you cannot know everything, and uh, but I, even my, even that point you're making now, like just having the ability to say that I don't know, hmm. either a I'm gonna refer you to someone who I think knows, or b um, take the time to figure out what the answer is before I give you uh, an answer. Yeah. Whereas I would say most of the fitness industry is there's always an assumption like, okay, I know I'm gonna refer back to some men's health article that i read like six years ago yeah. and say this is what you're supposed to do yeah you can't you, also you can't take all the money you know yeah I mean, <laughs> there's gotta be places um in time where you just say yeah, i can't help you or i don't i'm maybe not qualified for this and yeah. just help the people and target the people that you know you can be uh helpful to you know um yeah, I'm. I'm not really in the business. I make money doing this, of course, but that's not the end goal, you know. Because yeah. I'm a practitioner, um, practitioner by heart, and I just want to, you know, be able to teach people what I know and get them to experience results. Because if you're training people that you have no, you have no clue what to do with them, yeah. but you just took their money they're not getting any results and that's bad for business as well right yeah so yeah i mean i think as as trainers and in the industry and as a whole like people would 
I mean, from a, like, just a moral, ethical issue I have with it is, you know, if you actually, you're a personal trainer, you're, you're a coach, you're trying to help people improve, but if all you're doing is just giving them some fake answers and taking their money, then yeah, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing, exactly. Like, um, and that's why I also think it's pretty good to have kind of a niche in the industry. Yeah. Like, I do mobility-related work, and it's building strength, and that's that I don't really go outside of that realm you know mm. uh, when I started online coaching I taught a couple of people something about handstands you know because they asked mm. or a little bit of strength work but I don't do it anymore because I want to focus on the thing that I'm really good at I'm pretty good at getting people more flexible and strong mm. and then if I my handstand practice isn't it I have a practice but it's not high level, you know, so then I have to make a video, but then it has to be a good day of balance, you know, yeah. fuck that. I'm, <laughs> I'm over that, man. I just stick to what I know and yeah. uh, people will come to you that way for sure. Um, just stick to what you're good at. Yeah, I think a lot of people need to hear that. So stick to what you're good at. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it, it always goes to even the basic idea of like, uh, you might have heard it, heard it as something else, but the, the Dunning-Kruger effect where it's basically the idea of it is 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 about competency right yeah so like someone who um, has no knowledge of 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 training they get their initial personal training certification and then they just feel like they know everything right yeah yeah, they have such a low level of uh, of education knowledge but their their uh, confidence level is massively high yeah and they some of them even think they know as much as like high level experienced coaches um, but the idea is that as their experience goes up, as they gain more knowledge, their their confidence level starts to decline, go, decline yeah. because they have a more realistic view of what their their knowledge base is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the m- more knowledgeable you get and the further in this game you get, the more questions you have. Yeah. That is a fact. Um, so it humbles you. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, having a good idea of like, where where are you the most knowledgeable and then actually being able to identify like where you're weak um, yeah not in your own like personal body movements in your own awareness but also in your in your knowledge base um, it's not saying that you should always just stick to what you're really really good at but um, it, you need to have at least a good base of knowledge to have an opinion on yeah for sure especially if you want to make some money doing this you know if it's your profession or you're transitioning into this profession um i get in beginning that you want to take all the work or just want to come across as somebody very knowledgeable but if you're good at what you're doing and you keep practicing like the knowledge will grow anyways and Mm -hmm. the results will show up anyways so it kind of grows organically from there i never had to put too much effort into marketing efforts or anything like that because I had a serious practice first then I got the requests for coaching then I started the online coaching you know and it was pretty organically I never had to advertise it and now I'm you know doing pretty good with with my clients and so far I think yeah for pretty happy I mean we're such in a very uh, fast kind of state in life now where everybody wants like immediate results people want money as fast as they can and yeah. the idea of growing something organically is man it's slow it is slow, yeah. yeah 
And I guess I'm lucky that I didn't start out with the idea that I was going to start online coaching or mm. start traveling to do workshops. I just started building my Instagram because I liked putting up photos back then and just was a cool way of communicating with other people because I've got a lot of people through Instagram that I just regularly talk to and ask questions and they me and it's such a big community and it didn't feel like a chore, chore building that up you know and then all of a sudden you know you have enough following to yeah so that people can reach out to you and know how to find you and mm. want to work with you and uh, yeah or fly you over for a workshop it's really good man it's, that's, it's that's pretty, nice yeah. man but if that is the goal and you're nowhere you just need to know that it's gonna take some time mm. you have to let it grow organically and just practice hard and sh show what you're doing and uh but I mean, even mm. even as trainers or people who want to take this on as like a profession, it's it's not even a, a negative to grow it slowly. Um, you're spending a lot of time on personal development and become better and becoming better, yeah. having more to offer yeah. to your clients. Yeah, for sure. And you're gonna be maybe not making a lot of money in the beginning, but if you're doing what you love, you're already a step ahead. You know. So if you're broke for a couple of years, why not just be broke? Just fucking, <laughs> and then, you know, people will want to work with you anyways after a while, you know, if you keep the practice alive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to uh, to go into a profession like half, half in, half out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I knew I wanted to go in the fitness industry because I've, bloody hell hated my hated my job man mm. and, and i knew that was the only thing i wanted to do because that was the only world i had lived in for so long even if it was bodybuilding so i kind of quit my job one day to the other just quit it drove home at 6 a.m in the morning after my boss yelled at me for some fucking reason motherfucker anyways <laughs> I uh, started looking for a job. I didn't yeah. get one actually. Like it was only a year and some months later that I got a job in the fitness industry. Mm. And uh, yeah, is it tough getting a job in Belgium? Yeah, it wasn't easy, man. It's just not a big uh, demand for it. And, and that was just me working in a basic fit. Like, well, like it, wasn't, it was another okay. name. What the, f the name was. Yeah, gyms, gyms fitness, like a chain, you know? Oh, it was just I named was, gym. I was, yeah, <laughs> I was bloody cleaning machinery and uh, signing people up and all that stuff. That's yeah, I, I find that that's big in, uh, in a lot of the kind of uh, global gyms is that the trainers themselves, like being a trainer is actually secondary to being a salesman, to, oh, to yeah, cleaning yeah, yeah. the gym. To yeah, because I was already very interested in more functional training back then. And if I was talking like... People recognized it because they saw me training differently. Yeah. So I started to, people started asking me questions. Yeah. I would give them responses, train them a little bit, show them some stuff. And I actually got called out on it. Like, you need to be cleaning machines right now, you know? Instead really? Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was more important than me educating the people of that gym, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, from a gym, like, culture's perspective, too, as you can see, like how much uh, time and energy do the owners put into the education of the coaches? Mm. Um, and that was a big focus, like for us at the at our gym, is 
you know, our coaches don't do anything else but coach. Yeah. And if they get any additional duties, it's on doing more research oh, into man. writing articles about their... So, like, yeah. Tara, one of our coaches, she was dealing with uh, tendonitis issues in her elbow. Yeah. So, basically, I assigned her homework. I was like, okay, you need to research how to deal with your tendonitis That's issues, right? And yeah. so... Not only does she get the benefit of figuring out what is actually wrong with her elbow, but through all of her research, she can yeah. put compile a summary, write a little small article that she can contribute to the community of, yeah. of the of the gym. I think that's a great way of thinking, because um, that's how you get quality staff like you have. You know. Yeah. Um, obviously, your people are pretty well trained and they're doing a great job in, in teaching people. Uh, just. I can tell by looking at the yeah. sessions they're providing and talking to them. Um, actually, back at home in Belgium, I'm a personal trainer. I do six people a day. Yeah. Um, if all the blocks are filled up, of right. course. But if the block is not filled up, there, there's no spot, nobody uh, signed up for it. What I have to do is pretty much clean or whatever instead of research or getting better at my craft you know and that's something that kind of bothers me because i'm a little bit too old to be cleaning (laughs) like i don't want to clean anymore i can only imagine you with like a little janitor uh, uniform on and just swiping the floor i've done it a lot i don't want to clean showers man get a professional crew they're gonna do it better anyways and the time you spend training investing money in yourself uh, skyping to people doing all of this stuff is not it doesn't count as work there's six blocks open, you need to work six blocks. Yeah. If I got four blocks and I study two blocks, yeah. I'm getting better yeah. at teaching people. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's one of those things, man. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, um, as a as a trainer, if that's kinda you wanna go more into this industry, I mean finding a place that actually promotes you as a coach or as a trainer to become better. Yeah. I mean, for me as a as a gym owner, I would love for I mean, my coaches basically do 15 hours a week of coaching mm. and all the other duties are on their own training, on writing yeah. articles, on taking seminars, on yeah, doing, because I know that, that that immediately, like investing in the coaches goes immediately back into the, yeah. the product of the business yeah, and working sure. with the members. and Yeah, and that's why Nirvana Strength has pretty quickly become one of the great gyms out there, you know? I hope so, man. Yeah, for sure, man. In Bali already, oh, yeah, guys it's the like only you place coming to out be. Too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been fun training there, man, as well. Like, rocking up here and just meeting the crew, meeting Dan, uh, seeing how you guys do it. It's fun mm. for me being uh, being abroad, like in Australia as well, and uh, seeing the crew in Perth and all the gyms there. Yeah. Just seeing how different people manage their gyms and how the community is, how the teachers are, how... Yeah. how well they do how yeah their training methods all that man it's super fascinating for me to see and to witness so pretty happy to be traveling and teaching and learning and Mm. rocking up at uh, places like nirvana strength uh, to continue growing you know it's in the growth right that's the journey yeah yeah for sure cool man well thanks for so much for coming on um so where can uh, everybody find you Oh yeah, um, on Instagram under Hildersson Joachim, that's my name. Uh, it will be listed down. 
Yeah, we'll put I'm that put the in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this is uh, again the Nirvana Strength uh, Practitioners Panel Podcast. You can find us at uh, Nirvana Strength on Instagram or just on Nirvana Strength Bali uh, for our website. Uh, thanks uh, for coming and listening, and thanks uh, to Yohim. Oh, we never talked thanks about the. Me, the Jack Russo method. What is oh, that? What's yeah, that about? Yeah, What's yeah, that yeah. about? Let's do this real <laughs> quick, real quick. Um, yeah, so I did, I was guest teacher at a retreat in Bali uh, seven weeks back. Mm. Um, it was organized by Harry Williams, aka Holistic Movement. Shout out to Harry Williams. Um, it was a really good retreat, uh, fun group. And. Um, one of the guys, Will, I actually did two workshops in Wollongong where he has a gym, mm. Ghetto Movement, also great place to be at. Um, and my name, Joachim, is pretty hard to pronounce for Australians, Americans, whatever. Like, yeah? Uh, yeah, they, okay. they, have a, they have a hard man. Yeah. So it's always <laughs> something, uh, it's something weird that comes out. So Will started calling me Jack. And I was like, all right, like I can live with Jack. But I said, if I'm going to be Jack, you can call me Jack Russo. Because I thought Jack Russo was a famous actor. Mm. But I got it all mixed up. Actually, I was referring to Jacques Rousseau, which is a French philosopher. <laughs> and that name was in my head. But yeah. I thought I was an actor because I had my, and my shit mix, mixed up. Yeah, But... Yeah, it kind of stuck from there, and I kind of find it funny to go with it, man. If you look up Jack Russo on on, on Google, it's a bald, fat, white guy, you know. So, <laughs> the complete opposite yeah, of yeah, yeah. But um, just because it was, it, it's more for laughs than anything else. Uh, we we labeled uh, my teachings the Jack Russo method, yeah. and, and that's where I'm going with right now. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Cool. Awesome, man. All right. Thanks well, for Well, enjoy the rest of your time in Bali. Thanks, and, man. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Yep. Going to move here, yeah? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Won't be long. Won't be long. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Peace. Peace.